Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So before we get into today's gospel, just a quick kind of uh, high-level overview of where we're at in the church calendar here. Last week we celebrated Pentecost, the, the feast of the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and disciples, and thus we enter kind of like the third section of the church year. Okay, so if you, if you look at the church readings, okay, and the church year starts on September 11th, so from the start of the new year to the, the other end, okay, from September 11th to September 10th, the church readings on Sundays follow a pattern, and they follow the same pattern as the creed. Okay, so if you look in the creed, there's, there's, there's sections to the creed. So the first paragraph of the creed is focused on God the Father. We believe in one God, God the Father, Pantocrator, creator of heaven and earth, all things seen and unseen. And it just, it's a short section, talks about who God is, kind of these eternal qualities of God. And then the second section of the creed is focused on God the, the Son. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. And that section takes a little bit longer because it talks about born of the virgin, crucified, risen, etc., etc., etc. Then the final section of the creed, yes, we believe in the Holy Spirit. The church readings on Sundays follow a similar pattern. So from the start of the new year, okay, so like September, really to Advent. Okay, Advent would be like the fast before Christmas. That's focused on God the Father, but it's really focused on God in general. Talk about God's mercy, talk about God's goodness, talk about the great commandment, the general characteristics of who God is as a father. And then starting with Advent, we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, focus on his incarnation, his birth, the miracles that he did, like wedding of Cana of Galilee, feast of Epiphany, okay, the circumcision, the entry into the temple, obviously then goes into Lent, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he uh, died, uh, he was crucified for us during Holy Week, he's risen from the dead on Easter, Okay, and we spent holy 50 days focusing on his presence with us until the day of Pentecost. Okay, and that kind of can, that's, that's probably half the year in the same way to the creed. It's probably half the creed. Now, the third section of the year focuses on the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church today. That's why it begins this Sunday. Okay, we have the fast of the apostles. Okay, from now till the end of the year, it's all about the focus is on the work of the Holy Spirit through two main, not characters, but through in two main ways or two examples. First, with the apostles, okay, and that'll be this fast of the apostles from now till middle of July, and then at the very, very end, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of someone else, St. Mary, okay, because the apostles and St. Mary are examples of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then at the very, very end, the final two weeks, what's the final sentence of the creed all about? What's the final sentence that we sing at the end? We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. So the final two weeks of the church year are focused on the second coming. Okay, so you see, that, there's the parallel. Okay, you take the creed, okay, and you spread it out over 52 Sundays, and it'll be roughly this way. So what we're going to read about, what we read about today, and what is the focus of the church for the next several weeks, is about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church. The work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church, as exemplified first by the apostles, then by St. Mary. We'll get to her eventually. So let's talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church through the apostles. <clears throat> Today's gospel, the first verse... And the last verse, tell us, okay, when we talk about receiving the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit, so many things that we could say. The Holy Spirit is the answer to every single problem in this world. But the first sentence, second sentence, I should say, gives us a high-level overview. 
Because in this passage here today, in Luke chapter 11, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus responded to them and said what? When you pray, say, our Father. And we said the Our Father since we were little kids, so we kind of understand that God is our Father, God is our Father, God is our Father. But the most important thing that we realize about the work of the Holy Spirit, more than anything else, and this one sentence, we take it for granted because we don't know what it means, but that we are sons and daughters of God. We are children of the Most High King. And for us, take it for granted. For these guys, didn't take it for granted because for them, God was a very, 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 very big thing. And they were very, 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 very low things. But through Christ's coming, through the scent of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, now we are sons and daughters of God because the same one who lived in the same spirit of Jesus now lives inside all of us. And if you look at the life of the apostles, you can see clearly that their life was transformed by this belief and this understanding and this knowledge that they are sons and daughters of God given the Holy Spirit. Everyone agree with that sentence that I said? It's clear. If you look at the life of the apostles, it was clear that their life was transformed by their belief and their understanding and their knowledge that they were sons and daughters of God. Everyone with me so far? Our Holy Spirit that we receive. Same Holy Spirit or not same Holy Spirit? Like a watered-down version, like a 2023 version of the Holy Spirit is probably not as good as like the antique the classic. So their Holy Spirit, but our Holy Spirit, anyone agree with that sentence? Is the Holy Spirit like, like, is it possible that like you have like, you know, like the battery on the phone, like the charging. So you have like this much Holy Spirit and I have this much Holy Spirit. Is that possible? Like Holy Spirit is a person. Like it's like me. I'm Father Anthony. Either I'm in your house or I'm not in your house. But it can't be like, yeah, he's like half in our house, but he's half in that. He's like two thirds. It's not. Either he's there or he's not there. Everyone agree? So the Holy Spirit is there. And the Holy Spirit transformed their understanding of the Holy Spirit, transformed their existence and their outlook on life and their everything. Then I believe it should do the same for us. And I believe if the Holy Spirit is not doing the same for us, then either there's a problem with the Holy Spirit or there's a problem with us. Who thinks it's A? Problem with the Holy Spirit. Good answer. There's not a problem with the Holy Spirit. When, when you look at how the apostles viewed their outlook on life, there's one area that's very glaring to me, a major difference between how we view our out, outlook towards the world, our outlook towards life, and theirs. And theirs shifted based on their understanding of the Holy Spirit. They shifted based on the... Before the Holy Spirit, they were with us. After the Holy Spirit, completely different. That one outlook, that one thing came to us. Actually, it was mentioned in the Pauline epistle and the Catholic epistle, but we'll start with the Pauline. Pauline epistle today came from Romans chapter 15. And it said, there's a word that's repeated twice, and I'm going to leave it blank, and you tell me what that word is. Now, may the God of blank fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in blank by the power of the Holy Spirit. Huh? Not peace. I thought I heard it here. Hope. hope. Very good. Again. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a good verse. Repeat after me. Now may the God of hope, God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, you all joy and peace 
in believing that you may abound in hope. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm going to share something from my heart, and this is, just so you know, I wasn't, planning, I wasn't supposed to be giving the sermon today. Buna Timothy was supposed to be here, but Abuna Abraham was a little ill, so Abuna Timothy is over in Leesburg, okay, to, to help out Abuna Abraham. So I'm here. I didn't plan a sermon, but I have a rant. Is that okay? <laughs> because the rants are the best, okay, because it's not prepared, and it's just I wasn't planning on giving a sermon, but it's just a rant. And it's a rant based on what I see as a weakness and shortcoming, and I'm going to say us, like the, the, like the royal we, like all of us together, okay, as, as, as far as the church and the world here today, a, a, a area which I think, I think doesn't make God very happy, okay, and that is that we lack hope. If majority of us, I shouldn't say, I should, forget about generalities, okay, some of us, what I want to talk about, some of us, our view towards the world, our outlook towards the world. Oh, the world is the worst place ever. And the world, all this bad stuff. And you see what so-and-so, and you see the schools, and you see the this, and you see the this, and it's the worst, and it's the worst. And, and we complain. And I understand, the world is not a good place. But here's the problem, is that we as Christians, filled by the Holy Spirit, there's supposed to be an outlook which is greater than the complaining. Like, I don't look at the apostles and their outlook towards the world, and I don't see complaining. Did anybody see complaining in their outlook towards the world? I look at what they looked at, and they saw hope. And because they saw that the world is bad, the world is bad, the world is bad. But then by Christ's coming and receiving the Holy Spirit, we've been made sons and daughters of the King. So no matter how low this sinks, this continues to rise. No matter how low this sinks, we're not even looking down there. We don't know how far it's gone. It's fallen off the stage by now. But we continue to rise because the God of hope has filled us with hope. And our outlook on the world is completely different. And this is why they were able to change the world. We think we can change the world by complaining about the world. Complaining about the world doesn't change the world. You know what changes the world? Is being filled by the Spirit of God and going out there on fire with receiving the body of Christ, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, filled with love and peace, filled with the God of hope, and going out there and showing the world that there's a better way. That's how the world has changed. Something that I see. Something that I see. The apostles' world versus our world. We say the world has gotten so bad. And I'm not saying it's a good place. It's tough out there. But do you honestly think that it's harder today than it was then? Like, do you look at the world today and you say, or let's say better, do you look at the world that they lived in and you see that the world was, was great for them, it was a Christian place, and everything was easy to be a Christian? Like, can you honestly look at it? You know, but for the first 300 years of Christianity, Christianity was illegal, and it was punishable by death. So, and even if you weren't killed, you were ostracized by society, you probably lost your job, you probably lost your family. Like, joining Christianity was, was, was truly, it was a death sentence. But I don't see anywhere in there that they say, oh, the world is so bad. I don't see anywhere there that they say the world is, is the worst place and let's just get in our church, lock the door, and hope that the world doesn't come inside. What I see in them is they said that we've been given something greater to live above the world. So we're going to go out there and we're going to preach the good news and we're going to share. We're going to have a smile on our face this wide. 
We're not going to go out there and say the world is the worst and we need to, uh, this needs to happen and this needs to happen. They didn't get out there and fight for themselves and say, we need, we need, we need, we need. They went out there and said, what? They said, you need. And we have. And it's open for all. And why this is especially important. Okay, you know, we're about to open a, a church building, hopefully, this summer. Okay, we know we are going to open it this summer. Okay. <laughs> hopefully soon, but it's going to happen. Okay, it's going to happen probably next month. Okay. And when we go, just yesterday, I was giving a, a tour to some people. We were standing out on the rooftop, and it was a clear day. So on the rooftop, you can look out, and you can see an entire neighborhood of townhomes right here, 200 homes right here. You see another townhouse neighborhood right here, probably another 100 homes. You can look out, and on a clear day, you can see the Washington Monument. You can see, like, where the Pentagon, like, you can see. And I'm looking at that and saying, this church, okay, that we're about to build, the first day, it's going to be full. You know that. Okay, as soon as we get in, people say, it's not going to solve a space issue, because as soon as we get in there, look at this. The fields are white for the harvest. And look at all this right here. And this is, the, this is, this is the, the mission field right here. We're not going into a church to say, woof, we made it. Lock the doors. Now our kids have a place where they don't need to know what classroom number it is. We have a place that we have our own parking garage. We don't need parking tickets. We have our own, thanks be to God. We have a church. We don't need parking tickets. That's not what we're moving into a church. That's not what it's about. It's about the mission. And the mission is, is not closed when we open the door and we lock the door. We're all on the inside. No, 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 no. We're going in there to give away our seats. We're going in there to preach to the world around and invite the world around us to be part of what we have. But you can't do that if our outlook is complaining. And we can't do that if our outlook is the opposite of hope. The Catholic epistle. Look what St. Peter said. He said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Here's the key word. To the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. To the pilgrims of the dispersion. Why the word pilgrims is an important word. Because the word pilgrims defines for us our outlook towards the world. You know why we complain about the world? You know why we complain? Because we want the world to be a comfortable place for us. And we believe this lie. I don't know where it came from because it certainly didn't come from the Bible. It certainly didn't come from Jesus. Jesus said the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. It didn't come from the apostles because Jesus said, you guys, you're about to have some serious problems after I leave. And they did have serious problems. But us, somehow, we think the world should make it easy for us. And we think that everything around us should cater to make a comfortable life. And these guys said, no, 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 no. We're pilgrims. We're not here. We're not here. What's that? <laughs> we're not here for ourselves. We're not here to, 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 to build homes. And we're not here to get comfortable. We're here as pilgrims. Pilgrims are on a mission. We are coming from a foreign land. And we're about to go back to that foreign land. But we're here for a limited time. And our time here... It has a mission, and the mission is to preach the good news and shine the light of Christ. And I promise you, watch this one, I promise you, if that's your outlook, if your outlook is to preach the good news and to shine the light of Christ, then no matter how dark the world will be, you will be full of light. No matter how dark the world will be, you will be full of light. And I promise you the opposite. If your outlook is to get comfortable, and if your outlook is to make a big uh, a thing here for yourself and make it easy here, no matter how bright the world is, you will always have darkness. Because the world will never give us light. The world will never give us light. The world will never give us light, but it's not supposed to. No one said it would. Jesus said the exact opposite. He said the light comes from within, and then we go out and we shine it out to all the ends of the earth. Complaining is anti-mission. Complaining is anti-mission. So if we are going to mission, and we are going to be the apostles, 
and we are going to preach, and we are going to shine, the complaining is the opposite of it. And I'm not just talking about the public complaining. I'm talking about the inside complaining. Because the inside, that's what always comes out on the outside. So we need to be, as children of light, as children of God, as sons and daughters of the great king, we need to be different than the rest of the world. And while the world is complaining, we're a source of light. While the world is in darkness, we are a place of hope. We're a place that says, we know that this is this. And we know, and watch this, we know that the world today is bad, and we know it's going to get worse tomorrow. And we know it's going to get worse after that. And we know it's going to get worse after that. But that doesn't stop us. Because what, 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 what we have is much greater than anything. And if you don't believe me, just go read about the first three centuries of Christianity and see what life was like then. You know, back then, they were filled with light on the inside and on the outside. Because you know, back in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in Rome, if you were a Christian and they wanted light, okay, and it was dark outside, no problem. T take you, tie you up to a pole, light you on fire. No problem. There you go, light of the world right there. No problem. No court, no civil rights, no human rights, no nothing. You're a Christian, light them on fire. You're a woman, forget about Christian. You're a woman, no matter what you are. You have no rights whatsoever. Women could easily be thrown away here and thrown away right there. Babies, like we say, protect those who can't protect themselves. Babies, no, 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 no problem. Actually, it was a spiritual thing to have a baby and throw the baby in the wilderness. That's how you proved that the baby was, 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 was God was shining upon the baby, the baby would live. But if I had a baby, okay, they didn't have the fancy way of abortionists today, so they had a baby and they just threw it in the wilderness. And if the baby didn't live, it was the will of the gods. That's a society that, that these guys are talking about filled with hope, okay? That's a society that these people lived in. But you didn't see anything like that. So for us, we're pilgrims. We're children of the dispersion. We're not belonging here. We came from another place and we're going back to that better place. But while our limited time right here, we are filled with hope, okay? Because the God of hope wants us to be abounding in hope. And I'll give you one last verse right here, okay? And this actually came, uh, this was the end of the gospel. I told you in the beginnings when the, Jesus said, our Father in heaven, then he gets into this whole asking you will receive, seeking you will knock. For everyone who asks receives this whole business. And then at the end, he says it very clearly. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. Actually, before I read it, everyone here, no matter what I read next, if it's coming here from the words of Jesus, you will believe what this says, right? You don't believe anything that I said before because that's just me. That's fine. But whatever I read next, I want you to really believe that this is true. Not figuratively true, but literally true. Everyone agree? What I'm about to read is the words of Jesus. I'm not going to add anything from it. What I read next, the words of Jesus are literally true. If you then being evil, not the evil part, that's not the part I want, okay? But if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? No explanation. No explanation, yes. No figurative. If he is a good father, and he gives only good things to his children, and we truly were in need, he'll give us what we need. But sometimes, the things that we look at is we need. Sometimes the things that we look at is we got to have. Sometimes the things we look at as is the end of the world that this doesn't change. Sometimes those things, we need to read what he said right here. He said, if you need, I got you. But what you need is not those things. You don't need more comfort in this world. We're already more comfortable. We're already more comfortable than any generation in the history of the world has ever been. We are already more comfortable. What we need is the Holy Spirit. And he will give us the Holy Spirit. And the world may be bad, but the Spirit will always lift us. And the world may be darker, the Spirit will always fill us with light. And the world may be hopeless, but we always will have shining faces 
because we are filled with hope no matter what. And that's going to be our outlook towards every single person that we meet out there because we have been given something great and therefore we are filled with hope. Okay? That's my rant for today. And the reason why, like I said, is I think if the apostles were here today and we say we are successors of the apostles and we are the disciples of the disciples of Christ and we are their, like, their descendants, so to speak, and we look at the way we are approaching the world, we have to make sure, okay, I, let me say that better. We're, I'm afraid that they would look at our view towards the world and say, I don't know whose disciples you are. I don't know whose descendants you are. Because if St. Peter was here and St. Paul was here and St. John was here and all those people were here, they would say, what y'all are complaining about, we've been there, done that. But we have a God who fills us with hope and no matter what the world may throw at us, we'll always be abounding in hope. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.